when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. And take me home What joy shall fill my heart Then I shall bow In humble adoration And there proclaim My God, how great thou art Then sings my I'm John McTurnan, Chaplain John McTurnan, and this is our Wednesday night uh, teaching night, and I've changed it to, uh, well, the terminology, I've changed it to making disciples, making disciples, and we're going to take a, um, I'm going to say slow, methodical look through the scriptures, um, and that what we should be doing as a disciple of Jesus Christ, and uh, and then I, I want to pray, folks, that um, we live up to it, because it wouldn't be in the Word if, like, we couldn't do it. Uh, that's the way to look at it. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So we're not going to look to our own strength. We're going to look to to Him to have us fulfill what it is to be a disciple of the Lord. And uh, with that, let me see. Well, <laughs> the usual suspects are here. And the number one suspect is uh, from Statesboro, Georgia. I think there's about a dozen warrants out for her arrest. <laughs> Come get me, Lord. 
Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Hello, Sister Kathy. How are you doing? Tired. Very tired. Uh, joined the club. I can feel it. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not that, um, I can't, there's two types of tired. This is not the bad tired. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it other than that. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Kind of adrenaline, adrenaline tired. I am the tired kind. I am, I am the tired kind, but I slept so good last night. I went to bed at nine o'clock, little, little after maybe 10 after nine and I slept till five, five thirty. So okay. I was very, very thankful. Is that five thirty AM or PM? AM. Okay. AM. <laughs> I worked till five thirty PM. Okay. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. All right, and then we have Sister Sharon here. Hello, Sister Sharon. Yeah. Hi, Chaplain John, Kathy, and everybody. How did, and, the, prayer, um, how did the prayer time go just, this morning? I'm just uh, hoping that everybody's uh, uh, doing well and uh, that we're going to have a, a good study. I'm looking forward to this study. Uh, yes, I'm going to I'm going to talk a little about what we're what my goals are in this. Uh, but how was the uh, prayer time this morning? Oh, well, we um, once I got done with my treatment and stuff and I got in there and Eve was just praying and praying and praying some more. And it was yeah. just wonderful. And, um, and she told me that Kathy was in and out uh, uh, busy, you know, with what she was doing, which I could understand. And so then. Uh, uh, Eve invited me to pray, and I did pray, and uh, we just we had a, a very nice prayer time. There was somebody else here, and I'm sorry, but I can't remember who. Yeah, was that Paula Jean? Uh, I think Paula Jean might have been in there. I'm not yeah. sure. Now we've uh, been praying. Was... We've been praying for so many years now for how can I say? Um, like quality time. I mean, it's not two minute prayers we're doing, but you notice it's uh-huh. not it's not a burden or anything mm-hmm. like that. It becomes like part of life. It's not a burden at all. Exactly. No, it's not. It's not. And um, when I looked at the uh, title and I remembered what we were going to be starting to talk about uh, tonight, and I heard the song that you. Uh, started the show with, I just thought that just fit perfectly. It really did. I'm telling you, I did it for you. Seriously, I know how much you like how great the art, and I hadn't played it in a oh, long yes. time. I hadn't played that. Yes. And I, I saw well, you there, you. and I said, well, let's play I'll play it for Sharon. So, yes, I, it, I did play it for you. Thank you so much. Thank All you right. so much. And, uh, and then we have... Um, Rita here. Hello, Rita. Hello, Pastor John. Okay. God bless you for coming. And then Thank you very much. We have uh, Gigi and Randy. Hello, Gigi. Yes, hello. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. Looking forward to the teaching. Okay, and just a comment. Your colors aren't nice. Oh, I'm sorry. It's yellow and a black initials there. Oh. Yellow. Should I circle. call back? 
No, no, that's all right. <laughs> Should I call back in? No, no. But uh, Sharon, are you here in the uh, in the uh, Uber conference? Can you see the colors? No, I'm not in there, but I could be there in a real flash. Of a no, second. that's all right. I'm just kidding with her. That's all. Okay. Well, that's the fun part. Okay. All right. So um, I've been thinking about this, and I think we pretty well have um, a lot of prophecy under our belt now. Oh, oh, testimony today. Oh, my. We started prayer at 8 this morning, and then um, I guess it was about 9.30 we finished. There wasn't a big group of us, uh, but I, somewhere about 9.30, and then all oh, down the block there's a Panera Bread. So we went there. We all, we finished almost around noon, and uh, wow. I, I don't know how it got going, but I got in uh, Revelation, uh, the book of Revelation, and I mean, it just, I went from one thing to another to another, and it was amazing. It was amazing. I, I just can't. I mean, it didn't. I gave a Bible teaching. I didn't wow. plan on it, but somehow we got into it, and all those things. I haven't really taught Revelation outside of us here. So all the things that the Lord's been showing and I've been teaching, oh, it came out and it was wonderful. It was wonderful. It really was. Right. So it was, um, it was uh, a wonderful time. And then, oh, oh, I, I have a picture someplace. I was coming home and they have a rodeo that's uh, going to start in Houston. And the rodeo people, they had wagons and horses and mules, not, and they were coming down like the interstate, and they were off at the exit where I am. Oh, I know what it was. They told me uh, the state police escorted them because, you know, they're only doing, they're on the interstate, and they're only doing like 10 miles an hour oh, with the horses, whatever it is, the wagons. So um, Houston was picking them up, uh, but I stopped and I called Nancy because she loves horses. And uh, one of them, they had a wagon, and on the back of the wagon, his name was Preacher. So I came up. Wow! He, he was sitting in the front seat there in the wagon, and I said, uh, "Are you a preacher of the gospel?" He said, "Yes, sir." He said, "I'm a preacher of the gospel." I said, "Well, so am I." And we started to talk, and I gave him two of my brochures. So there's a picture of. Me and him together with him holding the brochures. <laughs> oh. Isn't that, isn't that funny? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then uh, on the other side of the highway, actually where you come on, there was a real nasty, uh, I mean a real nasty accident. Uh, then I, and actually I got there right as it happened because the, driver was a, a, a pickup truck slammed into the back of a small car and the, the back of the car was pushed up to the front seat. I mean, it was mm. anything more. I think the driver would have been seriously hurt. Mm. Um, I think I they showed that on the, uh, the internet too. Really? Yes, they did. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, it's very dangerous. That one intersection there I'm describing is very dangerous. And uh, I don't use it. I go two, three minutes out of my way. I do not. At night, I'll use it because I can see the lights coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming and it, it's it's better at night at day because uh, they're coming at you're at a dead stop crossing three lanes and it's uh three lanes or two three lanes i guess and there's um you got to cross them and they're coming down at you at 60 65 and if they're really speeding you know they're coming down 70 miles an hour and there's been horrific wrecks so i don't go there i i go around it it's too dangerous uh, but anyways, this afternoon, I did a whole load of stuff. And if you asked me what I did, I couldn't tell you. But I know it was a whole, you know, I was on the phone the whole time. And then I was doing research and I was doing the blog. And so it was a really, really full day. And then I did spend uh, about about two hours on the, the course tonight. And uh, it's going to be about discipleship. That's what we're focusing on. And let me get over here and get it started. Yeah, here we go. Oh, I got to open in prayer. Father, I thank you for today. It was a really full day, Lord, and I was so blessed um, teaching them um, the book of Revelation, Lord. Uh, It was amazing to to see their response. So I thank you for that, Lord. And Lord, now we're starting a a discipleship course, which is most important because you want us ready to be with you, Lord. So I ask that you lead us into all truth on this and, and Lord, prioritize it. No, prioritize, I can't say it. (laughs) Prioritize. Okay. Prioritize. Prioritize it uh, as we have needs, Lord, that uh, so we could all grow in you. So thank you, Lord, and uh, we we want to be known by 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 sight, Lord, and and by people. We want to be known by people that we are your disciples, and we praise you and thank you now. And whatever we do is always under the blood of the everlasting covenant that you made with us at Calvary in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Now, um, I'm going to look at what I'm, what I call, oh, oh, oh. And by the way, I, I want to go, uh, I'm going to say slow in this. So I've got everybody open here. And the only thing I ask is if you have a question, just wait till it's like a pause and then uh, you know, break in. Sister Kathy, Sister Sharon, whoever else, if you could watch the chat room. Okay. All right. And uh, for questions to come in, because we want, well, I, I want uh, everybody, or you could write the question down for the end. You know, but we want everybody thoroughly, what would it be, uh, understanding this and um, thoroughly absorbing it. That's the word. So I, there's three scriptures which I believe are the core of discipleship. Now, there are other 
discipleship things also. But the reason I'm saying they're the core, because these are the ones that the Lord himself indicated at the core. I'm not saying I think they are. So, and the word is my disciples, and the three of them are in John. So, um, John 8, 31, John 15, 8, and, oh, oh, I got it out of order, and John 13, 35, are the ones that all, all of them say my disciples. So, John 8, 31 says, then, the, then said Jesus unto the Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. So someone, the sign of someone that is a real disciple of Jesus Christ is they are in the word of God. The word of God is the foundation of their life. It's not like kind of part-time. And I'm not saying that this has to do with salvation, but if you want to be known as a disciple of Jesus Christ, then the word of God has to be like uh, foundation. It has to be a real foundation in there. And so that means you read the word, you study the word, and it, it, it can take an effort at the time we live because it's such a fast-paced life. Now. Um, then the Bible talks about meditating on the word. And, of course, I encourage uh, memorizing because memorizing and meditating go together. All right, so the word, that's what the Lord says. If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And again, I'm after the word, my disciples. Now we go to John 13, 35. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have loved one to another. You see, we can have religion and appear to be a disciple, but religion, uh, what what can camouflage itself is a um, religious spirit. Uh, that is not a, uh, a real a heart issue. However, love is. So, and as we grow in the Lord, one of the things we grow in is love. So by this shall all men and know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. Love one to another. Now, I'm going to be showing you as we go along, and um, probably using some examples, of um, what, like the characteristics of this love. Um, so, I, I, and I won't go into it any, any, to any more details now, but this is really important, love. So we all, when we come to the Lord, we all have, um, uh, well, to more or less degrees, you know, we lack love as God, as, it's, as it is in God's word. I mean, there's selfishness, there's ego, there's uh, uh, religious, like religious spirit can get in there. So one of the major things the Lord does with us as disciples is love. So the in order that they appear, it's the word and then love, which I taught about last week. Uh, and I'll probably, I'm, I'm going to go over a lot I did last week, 
because this here is starting to like fill together now with me. And then the, uh, the third one is herein is uh, John 15, eight. Herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciple. So fruit and fruit. I look at an inward fruit and an outward fruit. So an inward fruit is love. The fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, gentleness, faith, meekness, temperance. But then there's outward fruit, winning souls, doing good work, being a witness for the Lord, um, standing for truth, things like that. So there's that fruit has uh, different aspects to it. The internal fruit of our character, Christ-like character. And then the external fruit. So as disciples, we should be doing both, really. Um, that we bear much fruit. That's a sign of a real disciple. And though these to me are the core and everything. See, cause if you, if, if we love one another, we're also going to have all the, the all the other fruits of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit. Love is the key. And the others come off it. So if we have a lot of love in us, we're going to have a lot of the other fruit of the spirit. Now, the definition, biblical definition is a learner, a pupil. So it's a, uh, a, a disciple is someone that's a, a learner of following Jesus Christ and a pupil, a student. And the thing is, we never graduate. <laughs> it's not like we go from the first grade to the second, to the third, to the fourth. I mean, we're always um, learning. We're always a pupil. We're always a student. There's always something to learn from the word. Now, I like. I, I went into the uh, secular secular dictionary, and I should maybe I should have brought it out, but a, a disciple. Uh, the two dictionaries I looked at. Uh, the very first, you know, you'll have like the main um, definition of a word and you get one, two, three like that. But each one I looked at, number one, was connected with Jesus Christ. That was interesting. Uh, I thought it was very interesting. In a secular uh, dictionary, it picked up a follower of Jesus Christ. Uh, and then the secondary one said, a convinced adherent of a school or individual. I like that. A convinced adherent to a school or individual. Well, the individual to us is the Lord Jesus Christ as he's revealed in the Bible. We're convinced of it. The just shall live by faith. Adherent, one that's you know really paying attention, one that's really uh, well convinced and adherent gonna go together. So as we are true believers, we follow the Lord. And we're, we're convinced of who he is, what he did according to the word of God. A, con a convinced adherent of a school or individual. So, uh, again, the three core um, principles that the Lord identifies as his disciples 
are one. If you continue in my word, then ye are my disciples indeed. Then the second one is, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if you have love one to another. And then the third is, Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. So this is something we should all take to heart here. Do I have a real love for the word? You know, is my life anchored in the word of God? Um, do I have you know, like real genuine love? And then am I bearing much fruit? Now that's internal fruit and external fruit. So that's the core of discipleship. Now, a lot of um, what I'm going to be picking up now, well, I'm just going to go down the line here a little. Sister Kathy, any questions or comments on discipleship? No, sir, not yet. Okay. Sister Sharon? Um, not quite yet. I kind of uh, had one brewing, though. So. Ah. Uh, Okay. I'll uh, let you know when it comes to fruition. All right. Well, you know, you know, there's nothing that says in the word that this is core discipleship. I'm going by uh, what the Lord is saying, my disciples. Then you are my disciples. So shall you be my disciples, you know. Uh, men should know you are my disciples. So, and of course, it does say a lot about the disciples of the Bible, but most, mostly it doesn't give a definition like that. It says, and the right, disciples, right. you know, this here really lays it out that you will. I see it as that. I see it as that we are are workers for God. Well, yeah, in a, in a sense, yeah, because there is work. Studying the word and all, mm -hmm. um, bearing much fruit. And the internal fruit is really the work of the Holy Spirit. The external okay. fruit is we can, that's, we can use our hands and our legs and our mouth and all of that. And then okay. love, love is internal. Again. So I, yeah, can, that, I get that. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I wanted everybody to. Because uh, I feel that if you remember these three, the word, love, and fruit, to be a disciple, I mean, that's a great success. I mean, we're focused now. It's not like, because there are many, many other things as a disciple you, know, you could do. And we'll be looking at that, like what the fruit of the Spirit is and all. But this is the core. This is the, the bedrock core. Um, as he says, people will know you if you, uh, in the word, if you bear much fruit, and if you have love one to another, um, they'll know you're my disciple. All right, Rita, any qu questions or no. comments? Uh, no, not yet. Okay. And uh, Gigi, Randy? Uh, not, not yet. It's a good start. Okay, I'm happy. And then, then we have uh, Mary that's come in. Mary, any questions or comments? No, sir, I just got here. I'm on my way home from church, so I'm just 
typing in just this moment to hear what y'all talking about. Okay, we're talking about uh, what uh, what's the core discipleship for a follower of Jesus Christ. Okay, and, well, I'm going to keep my ears very open. Okay, all right. Okay, we're off to a good start. Now, um, we're looking at the fruit of the Spirit, and Galatians. 5, 22, and 23 is really, and then Ephesians 5, uh, 8, 9. But um, this is kind of, these two are the, the, the core of the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And the reason it says against such there is no law is the verses preceding it, starting at 19, is talking about the works of the flesh, which is against God's law. But there is no law against the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, so there's a list, and then we go to Ephesians 5.8. For ye were sometimes in darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. So uh, goodness is in both Galatians and Ephesians, but righteousness and truth are separate here. So righteousness would, well, the, the righteousness here is basically external. We have a righteousness that's imputed into us when we believe in Jesus Christ. Uh, but this here is work you do, your life, your lifestyle. We should have a lifestyle according to God's word and truth. Um, as a uh, God, the Holy Spirit working in us, because it says here, for the fruit of the Spirit is, and I'll go to it, truth. So when I came to the Lord, the first time, well, not the first time I came to the Lord, when I first came to the Lord, um, my head was not full of truth because uh, my thinking process was not lined up with God's word. And I had some misnomers about Jesus Christ. And mine basically came from uh, Catholicism. And then uh, things I would pick up from the world. But the fruit then of the spirit is my mind lines up with the truth. Uh, all of those misnomers and all of those uh, worldly thinking and all had to go. And so as the, as the Holy Spirit taught me truth, that's fruit. God loves fruit, like, you know. So in our mind, if you could picture it, our thinking there, because truth is both in our, it has to come through our mind first to get into our heart. So it, to God, it, as we're full of truth, it's like we're full of uh, uh, strawberries and pineapples and blueberries and all of that, uh, which are delightful. So God is very happy. He sees it as fruit when when our thinking lines up with the truth of his word. Very important, folks. And I, through the years, uh, now not lately, 
but but back back years ago, I don't think lately. Um, people that rejected truth, and uh, I was able to stay in touch with them. Basically, distance though. All all, all the everybody I was close with would receive truth. I mean, they they would not. They they take the truth of God's word. But what they rejected came against them big time. So um, if you uh, reject truth, it may not come against you the next day or the next week, but um, five years, ten years down the line, uh, to tell them that their lifestyle is not According to God's word, and you've got to be very careful with that lifestyle. Have them reject it, and then end up as a disaster. So, truth is it protects us, folks. And truth is not oftentimes liked because sin is very powerful, and uh, believing in lies is very powerful also. So, it, people can uh, not, like I said, not adhere to the truth. And uh, those lies are like poison instead of fruit. So the fruit of the Spirit is goodness, and we're going to be looking at goodness, righteousness, and truth. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Testing what is acceptable unto the Lord. So these are two nice sections of Scripture. uh, The fruit of the Spirit. And uh, love, peace. I, I look at that as a little more like emotional. But then there is, because well, goodness is, um, you could say, emotional also. But righteousness and truth together are more of our thinking process and the actions we take. Especially righteousness. And then truth is, but we act on truth. The truth is very important. And it's so rare in this world. It's so rare to find people that love uh, numerically like. Uh, it's amazing how, uh, I mean, they, uh, there are people today that just breathe lies. No, no shame in them. No, and, and they just make up and go with the lie. They may lie about lying. All right. So walking in the fruit of the spirit. And that's what we want to develop now as uh, disciples. All right. Um, so John, first uh, John four sixteen, and we have known and believed the love that God has towards us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. So, love in us attracts God. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in love lives in it, dwelleth in God, and God in him. So, you know, the more we dwell, the more we live in love, uh, the deeper, broader, higher God's presence comes in us. So love is very, very important. And it uh, provides uh, opportunity for God, uh, through, of course, through the Holy Spirit, um, as we are dwelling in love, then that's, like I say, it's like an attraction for God. He's comfortable with us uh, because of the love. Now, uh, 1 Corinthians 
13, 4 through 7, you'll see the word charity there, but it is agape love. And it's it's known as the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. But this section here, in particular, with love, lines up really good with the fruit of the Spirit. So let's take a look now at uh, love here as it's found in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Love, uh, excuse me, yeah, all right. Well, love suffereth long and is kind. Love envieth not. Love wanteth not itself, is not puffed up. Does not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. That's, that's interesting. Thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity but rejoiceth in the truth. Uh, There's a good one right there. We just talked about uh, truth in Ephesians, and here's love uh, joined up with truth, but rejoiceth in the truth. So love loves truth, beareth all things, endureth all things, hopeth all things, and endureth all things. So it it, uh, doubles up there with endureth all things. Now, I want to take a quick look. I've been meaning to do that. Hang on, folks. I'm going over into my Bible, and I want to see if that's a mistake I did in carrying it across, doubling endureth all things, or that's what it says. So just hang on for a moment. All right. I want to go to verse 7. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Yeah, it's not doubled. I'll take that out. So that's characteristics of God's love operating in us right there in 13, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 4, 7. So now what we're going to do here is I list the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And, um, and that's the order in which they come. And I, I, and I believe that that order is not by chance, that all everything below it, uh, below love, is um, flows from it. And then we go over and it talks about love in 1 Corinthians 14, 13 there. And it that love, you carry it right over to the fruit of the Spirit. So what I'm doing here is showing the fruit of the Spirit is flowing from the love as it's shown in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. So as we grow in love, we grow in all of the fruit. Now, I think when, and I'll show you a scripture that leads me to think like this. So pick out any of the fruit, long-suffering. If we are, whatever the situation is, there may be some situation in life that we can't get out of, and it's causing long suffering in us for the situation. You know, in, in other words, we're, we're living with what's happening and, and that's called long suffering. But as we're seeking the Lord to, Lord, I need your, your grace in this situation for long suffering. Um, then as you grow in that, you grow in love. So I think there's a, it's a two-way street. 
as we grow in love, we automatically grow in joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. However, as we go the other way, pick any of them, you know, any of them, uh, that flows right into love also. So we grow in love when we, when we grow in goodness and meekness, gentleness, peace. And we're growing in peace. It means we're growing in love. So it's a two-way street. All right. Love suffereth long. All right, long suffering right off the bat. And is kind. Um, goodness. Um, char- love wanted not itself. That would be um, meekness. Well, hold on for a second, please. Oh, sister. Yeah. And then it says, uh, wanteth not itself, or envieth not. Um, uh, goodness. I think goodness would fit that. Wanteth not itself. That would be uh, meekness. Oh, absolutely meekness. Is not puffed up. Meekness. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Um, temperance might fit that. And uh, maybe gentleness. Seeketh not her own goodness. Is not easily provoked. Oh, that's temperance. But a bunch of meekness too. Gentleness, long-suffering. Uh, beareth all things, uh, long-suffering. Endureth all things. Well, I mean, that, that long-suffering answers a lot of them, folks. Um, endureth all things, meekness too. So you, you could see how love of 1 Corinthians 13 here, when you take it over to the fruit of the Spirit, love is at the core of the fruits. It's at the core. Very important. And that's why at all costs, we want to grow in love because everything else kind of revolves around it. All right, so now let's look at uh, the fruit of the Spirit here. Galatians, uh, let me go over it again. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, and then joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So I want to analyze each one of the fruits. Now, love, I've already kind of covered, but I'll pick that up later. But I want to go to joy right away. It means jump for joy. It joy it means you're so full of joy that you're like excited and you're jump for joy. When I looked up the definition for it, you know, and then it's found in Hebrews 12 too. Um, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despite looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down on the right hand of the power on her. So his joy was, when he went to the cross for us, was not merely just a good feeling, but it was like action, jump for joy. (laughs) So something happened that made you joyfully, and like you're jumping up and down in in, in place, 
oh, I'm so happy that this happened. I'm so excited that this happened. You know, whatever, whatever it was, you jump for joy. Um, but that, what a powerful picture that is of the Lord going to the cross. He didn't go there with a long face. He didn't go there. Of course, he knew what he was facing. You know, he didn't go there. Um, well, I, I don't even know what to put in it, but the what was what was keeping him from en- enduring everything that was going on was joy, and that joy was us turning to him. That is amazing, folks. That shows you the depth of what was in the Lord when he was going to the cross for us who. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, set before him. That's everybody down through the ages that turned and endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the power on high. It's not quite right at the end, that verse. All right, so I, I wanted to really bring that out about the Lord and joy. You know, you think how, at the cross, you know, you, you, he had joy. It's amazing for us. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So that joy gave him strength to go through the cross. Now, peace, the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. Um, so salvation in Christ should give us a great peace inside. And so fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly lot of whatsoever sort that is. That's a pretty long definition, but that's what peace is. So, so peace is able to, uh, we're in some tough situation we may want to get out of, uh, but that's where we seek God's peace for that situation we're in. And God will give us the peace. So we become content with its earthly lot of whatsoever sort it is. Now that doesn't mean we don't, we don't necessarily want to change and do other things, but God's peace should be with us at all times, whether we like what's going on or whether we don't, we should have his peace. And that's Philippians four, seven. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding shall assure your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Shall assure, give you assurance. And that, that peace goes along with that. So, um, that's the second fruit. Well, yeah, as we, as we're looking at it, peace, long suffering, fortitude, forbearance, gentleness, and, uh, it's benign kindness. Second Timothy 4.2. Preach the word. I, yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I got a little mixed up there with gentleness. I'm looking at, uh, long suffering right now. Um, fortitude is inner strength. Preach the word. Be in season. Be, be instant. In season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. So that long suffering means uh, we endure. We just don't um, maybe take uh, rejection and uh, 
we don't let rejection stop us. We don't let maybe vile things being said and all. Uh, Long-suffering means we keep going. We keep going. And we do it, we exhort. Now look at that, with all long-suffering. So people might mock us. They might you know, do all sorts of things. But we do it with long-suffering. And doctrine, the right doctrine. Okay, um, goodness, up, uprightness of heart. Uh, let me get that in Romans. That's Romans fifteen fourteen. Romans fifteen fourteen. I and I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that ye also with all goodness, filled with all knowledge, able to also to admonish one another. So we goodness there upright of heart so when we admonish one another we should be doing it with the right heart folks that's what goodness is goodness means everything we do has a good motive i i would say the opposite of that is a narcissist um sociopath psychopaths i mean and of course there's lesser degrees of it but they do things only for their own lusts and they um the uh, the difference between a psychopath and a narcissist is a narcissist is like a weasel that enjoy the weasels will kill for no reason and a and a psychopath will not necessarily kill you physically but they will want to kill people in their soul a, a, psych, a psychopath, a narcissist, as long as the narcissist is getting... Now, the psychopaths are almost 100% men. Um, there is probably a, a little bit larger percentage, of, as I studied this, women that are uh, narcissists. But they'll be okay to you until you get in their way. And then a narcissist can be ruthless. See, so... There's no upright of heart in them at all. So a person that's upright of, in heart, uh, if I see someone doing something, uh, I, I don't want to destroy them. I don't want to humiliate them. I don't want revenge. You know, I'll, I'll deal with some, maybe a family situation. I'm just giving you examples. So in goodness of heart, in a family situation, you want everybody to be Christ-like. You want everybody to live in joy and peace. That's goodness of heart. Meekness. That's gentleness and mildness. See, and there's a pattern. Forbearance. Benign kindness. Upright of heart. To me, that's benign kindness. Gentleness. Mildness. There's all a... a softness not on edge not on edge not bad motives good motives and we all got to grow into that and it takes time it takes time okay meekness gentleness uh mildness ephesians 4 2 with all lowliness and meekness with long suffering now look at this forbearing one another in love wow 
so these verbal fistfights at um, a church meeting and uh, everything but a fistfight takes place and nasty things are said and all, that is, um, that's a sign of really severe uh, spiritual immaturity, really bad. With all loneliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. So there you go. Loneliness, loneliness of mind, meekness, and uh, long suffering, forbearing, and what is it? In love. So love gives us the ability to be meek and long suffering and forbearing. So I'll give you a new example here with me. Um, the Lord taught me a lot when I got involved, particularly, uh, debating and interacting with the Jew and folks, I heard the most vile, vulgar, nasty things, not by all the Jews, not by all, but certain ones about the Lord. So I had a choice to make and the Lord showed it to me either go after them and get in a dog fight or deal with them in loneliness and meekness and long suffering, preparing one another in love. So I wanted to get the truth to them. So you know, I get in a dog fight. You could, I could be giving them truth and they won't listen to me. It's how you deliver the truth. So what I would do, I would say to them, well, first of all, there were some of them that were really bad that I wouldn't talk to at all. They were, they were like, they manifested, I mean, a reprobate minds, really bad. But I would say to them, uh, <laughs> I would say to them, that's not the proper way to talk about your Messiah, the Savior. Um, so I would come back at them like that. And um, there, were, there was something else I would say to them. That's one thing I said. And what was, the, oh, oh. When you talk like that, and I did it in a polite way, I mean, I, I'd never yell at them or anything. I'd say, when you talk like that, you sound like you're manifesting that you're an uncircumcised Philistine. And I, I wouldn't scream at them. I wasn't ugly. I wanted them to face what they were saying. I wanted to come back at them. So I was able to spend a long time with them, probably five years, I guess. Uh, when I debated uh, Rabbi Tobias Singer, I, I mean, we rabbis in Judaism are exalted. You know, here in, uh, well, with us now, not the Catholic Church, but with us, you know, they, they'll run past this right out of the church. You know, Judaism would never do that to a, uh, to a uh, rabbi. So when I debated Singer, uh, there were certain things he was saying that I kept my mouth shut. Uh, he cut me off. I was answering the question. He cut me off because I, I could maybe win the argument against him, but I'd lose the audience. They're all Jews out there. And, you know, I'm a Gentile anti-missionary, so I'm not a nice guy to them. So I kept my mouth shut when he stole, when he, he interrupted me and, stole my time and then when he finished i came back at him and in a nice way and that's when he had the breakdown and you most of you've heard that 
he had a complete breakdown, a, a total breakdown. He, he ended up confessing Jesus was the Messiah in front of all the Jews. So by me just letting him talk the way he did and sitting back at the end, when it was all over, a whole bunch of those yeshiva students came up to me and they were going, um, they were very interested in Psalm 110. And that's what Singer had the meltdown about. Teach, teach me Psalm 110. Teach us Psalm 110. They followed me all the ways out. My son was with me. Fred Peatman was with me. Pastor, 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 Fred, um, Pastor Jeff, Jeff's passed away. Um, they, they ran up to my son. Teach us Psalm one. They really were after Psalm 110. And my son said, no, go to my dad. Go to my dad. But you see, if I would have gotten ugly with him, uh, I could have shut them right off. They wouldn't dare come near me. So that's how we, we, we forbear. We forbear one another. Very important. That is something we really grow into. And then, uh, faith. That's trustworthiness. Um, cause you think of faith and believing, but it's like the expression is, you know, I have faith in you. That means you're trustworthy. So you'd have to see the context of how the word faith is used. So let's look at Titus 2.10. Titus 2.10. Oh, by the way, I'll give you another example of this. Let me go to Titus 2.10. Not purloining, but showing all good fidelity that ye may adore the doctrine of God, our Savior in all things. So fidelity is trustworthy. That's the, in the Greek, it's the same word, fidelity, uh, trustworthy. Um, when I was at the, um, at the abortion centers there in, in, uh, in Harrisburg, and I, I, not by anything other than, I guess, because I was a chaplain, I became like the leader and people would come like uh bless his soul john holman and uh, he came with me like the first time he came with me he was like a roaring lion when you hear the things they say to you there the pro aborts and um the way they mock and you see the women going in and you know what they're going in for so i got a hold of him and i said john you're absolutely useless here I said, your wrath does not promote the righteousness of God. That's in Titus. I said, you either calm down and uh, seek the Lord and come there under under control or don't come. I literally told him that. And he made the decision that he wanted to come and be effective for the Lord. And then he got that out of him. And he became forbearing and long-suffering, loneliness, meekness. Yeah, I, I did tell him that. I said, John, you're useless here. So you either come under God's grace working here or don't come. So he did. Now, temperance is in Second Peter uh, 1, 6. And there is a sequence in Second Peter. And temperance is not used. I think it's maybe the only other time in the scriptures, but it's self-control. Uh, temperance today, I don't know if it's today like it was in the yesteryear, but I know back in the day with me, 
if you use the word temperance, that means you don't drink alcohol. And we, a hundred years ago, it was called a temperance movement. And that was geared directly towards alcohol that you don't drink because um, alcohol is a problem. So temperance is self-control. So the temperance movement was um, geared towards alcohol. So let's take a look at Second Peter, and you'll see this sequence. Huh. Come on, Second Peter. All right, you'll see the sequence here. Um, okay, it starts in, um, about, well, well, verse 4. It talks about that you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So beside this, give all diligence. I mean, get right on it. And add to your faith um, uh, virtue. Hang on here for a second, folks. Virtue is excellence. My, my computer's frozen. Okay. Uh, diligence and add to your faith virtue. That's, that's excellence, that you're of high quality. And to virtue, knowledge. Well, knowledge comes from the word. My people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. And to knowledge, add temperance. So what we know, virtue is, we're, we're jumping on something right away, that's diligence. Virtue is excellence. We want the very best. Knowledge. Uh, knowledge, well, knowledge in the word, really. I mean, that's what, that's what our spiritual growth is based on. Um, temperance. So when we have knowledge and diligence and virtue, that plays directly into us with self-control and temperance patience. Yeah, I, that, that clearly goes together. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. So, and then, and to brotherly kindness, love. So this is the reverse that I was talking about. It starts off diligence, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, kindness, and it ends up in love. Verse 8, for if if these things be in you, and look what's in you, right, diligence, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, kindness, and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that um, knowledge there you could see what it's surrounded by folks i mean an unbeliever in a sense could have knowledge of the bible but then there's like a living spiritual knowledge that the holy spirit teaches us and okay let me verse eight again or if these things be in you and abound i like the word abound they make you that ye shall neither be barren sterile nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our lord jesus christ okay i think i'm going to finish here and we all want these things folks as you know real believers in the lord we we, we want to be fruitful for him we want to be full of virtue and patience and godliness but i can speak for myself that uh, some of it was long time stuff, folks. It, it, it was long time. Uh, 
at growing in the Lord. It's like you know, fruit trees can, so I, I don't know, but some of them, I guess, can grow quick. Uh, but some of them can grow very slow. And God's working in us and working in us and working in us. He never stops, folks. You know, but it may take um, several years to manifest certain, like, uh, meekness. I think of the apostles. They were called the sons of thunder. Oh, folks. Uh, um, I, I'm not picking on John Holman. He wouldn't mind, trust me. Uh, of course, he's going to be with the Lord now. But his nickname, I nicknamed him, and I don't think, uh, Mr. Sharon, did you ever hear of my nickname for John Holman? Yes, uh, I was uh, Sons of Thunder. That's right. That. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. He was a real hothead, and I called him the Son oh. of Thunder. <laughs> and his oh, wife, yeah. his he, wife he almost, loved it. his wife almost, I. <laughs> I don't know. She bent over laughing. I called oh, yeah. I said, Absolutely. John, you're nothing but a son of thunder. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, he really, he, he loved that. He That's really cute. did. That's cute that you remembered that. Because I don't remember if I said it publicly or not. I, I'm sure, knowing me, oh, yeah. I, I did. But, yeah, oh, my goodness. That, you guys had a, a good laugh here. Uh, oh. I think a couple times, a couple times over oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that's what I told him now at the abortion center. You're useless. I said, mm-hmm. you can burn yourself out here. You're going to bring disrepute to the Lord and his word, man. Now, what do you want to do? Do you want to act like the son of thunder, or do you want to be used of God? He said, I want to be used of God. So I think like going down to the abortion center like that had a big impact on him growing uh, spiritually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, it's even hard to drive past, you know, like with uh, what Larry's doing and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. even just driving past a scene like that is, it's a little tough. Yeah, I learned a lot in, uh, I'm going to say hand-to-hand combat, meaning I was there with them, interacting uh-huh with them yeah and i I learned how much they hate us there and not only there i learned in other places too but when you interact with them really close like that and it's something like killing babies and and all um they seed and hatred seed right and they trap i think it's their traps you know because i'm there I'm I'm there uh, preaching the word to them, and they got mm-hmm. to stay, they got to stay, you know, or or not come, you know. So they stay, and week after week they'd hear me. Uh, somehow, I, I I remember what I would say to them. The last thing I would say to them there when I was leaving, they were leaving. I would say yeah. um, there was one guy there who's a Jewish man. And uh, he was, I won't even mention his name, but he was, uh, he really enjoyed it. You could tell. He, he, would, he was very joyful with it. And I'd say to him, the last thing you're going to hear your Messiah say before you're cast into hell. Now, I was telling him to repent and all. So I always had the gospel and repent and turn to Christ. 
I'd say depart okay. you cursed into everlasting fire prepared for Satan and his angels. And he would, uh, he'd grit his teeth at me. He'd look at me and he'd grit his teeth. Uh, he never, he, the only thing he called me was a bigot, an anti-Semite, uh, but he never really talked to me. He, he, but he had to listen. Uh-huh. So, mm-hmm. okay. Um, and if, if see how the night goes here, because we've got some time left, and if we uh, if we have time, I'll give you a good John Holman story. We can all have laughs at. Oh, goody! I would take okay. a break and do John Holman now. You want to hear John Holman now? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's see if there's any questions first. So, okay. uh, Sister Sharon, do you have? Kathy left. She was really tired. Uh, yeah, so, yes, I know she was. Um, I haven't seen any questions posted in uh, Rumble, everything. Okay. So um, I don't know if anybody real quick got a question they want to ask. I kind of like, you know, how this is all laid out with all the words and everything. I was just uh, very, it all fit together and you have to really give it its space. Right. Right. So, um, whoops, let me get this over here. There we go. Um, I think the best way to teach this is because um, there are personal things that I could add to it um, that you only get over uh, maturity being with the Lord. And I know that for sure. So I could teach it in theory. 30 years ago, 40 years ago, but, uh, now I relate to it this year. Wait, this year is my, uh, 50th year with the Lord. Wow. That's beautiful. So after 50 years, I could see what the Lord has done. So it's like experience. I can, I can teach it from experience. A lot of it. All right. Uh, Rita, any uh, questions or comments? Um, the teaching was great, and I was really blessed by it um, tremendously. But I do have one question. Uh, in Scripture, is there a verse that connects joy and love to each other? Well, yeah. I mean, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy. Okay. Is, is, th- is that what you're looking for? Well, I was looking for it more in the connection of the Lord Jesus Christ dying on the cross for us. Because he uh, oh, for went God to the so cross loved, joyfully. Yes, for God so loved the world that he gave his yeah. only begotten son. Okay. Because uh, I, I don't quite know. Is there is there anything else? Well, joy, you see he went to the, the cross with joy, for sure. He went to the cross with joy. Yeah. Amen. Because uh, out, out of all the fruits, uh, love is the core of, of all fruits? Yes. Yes. Okay. Everything flows from love. If you have a lot of love, you have a lot of, like, uh, long-suffering. If you have a lot of love, you're going to have a lot of peace. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Um, let me just look here to see what we have. No. No, I think that that is, um, it's, the joy is... Hooked up there as part of the fruit of the spirit. So, 
Well, like, for example, I can give you a living example. Uh, I had four children, and um, children innately love, uh, me being the father, it's, it's in them. God puts it in them. So when I would come home from work, I mean, they, it was like the highlight of the day. They were jumping up and down and carrying on and, you know, daddy's home, daddy's home. So they were full of joy. And what was the root of that joy? Love. Okay. Is that a good example? Yeah, that is a good example. Okay. And let's take a look here. This should be Gigi. And Randy, do you have any uh, uh, questions or comments? No, I just always think about the the verse that talks about that um, love the Lord your God, right? And then love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. And actually, uh, Jimmy brought this up uh, of I don't remember. I think last week about there's three parties there, and so we have to see ourselves the way that God sees us and then, and then we can show love. That's my interpretation of that. So because he loved us and we can love other people. Right. Right. The the foundation, his love is a foundation in us. Yeah. That was good. That love love is um, not self-promoting. That love is not, it's not the love of a narcissist. (laughs) I'm glad you verified that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, a narcissist can have whatever. I don't know if you call it love or not. If uh, everything's going right and uh, whoever is in connection with the narcissist is doing whatever the narcissist uh, wants, I mean, the narcissist could be a very nice person, and you think that that person's got a lot of love in them. But if the narcissist doesn't get its way, uh then you see the true nature of the narcissist. Right. But God's love is consistent at all times, and it's real. You know, God's love is real, and it's got roots and depth to it, and God's love uh, wants the best for people. You know, they, God's love doesn't want us to use people. God's love doesn't think evil. Well, that's, right. you know, respecting, respecting others. Right? Doesn't it? Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm kind of tired, so I'm having a hard time thinking. Um, doesn't it say? I'm trying to think where you should think think of others. Right. Oh boy, I can't. That's think in Philippians chapter two. Thing? Philippians chapter two. Esteem others better than yourself. Right. And then it uses I'm sorry, Christ. I just couldn't think of it. It, it, it's Ephesians chapter two, and then it it. Um, it's talking about the Lord uh, going to the cross as an example of how we should be with others, esteeming. You know, it's yeah. not that we think highly of ourselves, but think highly of others. Yeah. All right. And um, Twizzle uh, wrote out uh, Hebrews 12, verse 2 in the uh, chat room. Yeah. No, looking on to Jesus, the, Jesus, the, the author. Of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the majesty on high. It's something like that. Right, yeah. Right, and evening the same. 
at the right hand of the throne of God. All right. I knew it was something like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Philippians 2.1. If there be any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercies, fulfill ye my joy and be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. That nothing be done through strife and vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. And then it gives an example. Paul gives an example. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. All right. So that that example of what the way the Lord lived and acted and all is to be uh, us and to, to not be focused on our self, strife or vainglory, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem the other better than themselves. All right. That's You'll see that in Philippians chapter 2. Paula Jean is here. Thank you for all the scriptures. Thank you for the scriptures. I appreciate them. Okay. Thank you. Paula Jean is here. Yes, I just hopped in. Um, I've been tied up with something else. And it was so funny to come in and hear hear Gina speaking my name. And I thought, oh, my goodness. And um, that's just, I'm sure, it's because we occasionally talk about the love of the Lord. And I am so grateful that, I mean, when I first came into Christianity, um, I had always in my life wished that I could love like other people loved because I hadn't found that easy to do. And then I started finding out that God could put that love in me, but the consistency of its coming through me wasn't what I still hoped and desired. So basically, it's like, Lord, please remove any block. And he's still removing blocks. And that's all I can say is that, you know, I experience an unconditional love that comes through at times when I pray that I know is above and beyond what I normally have. And I accredit that to him when it happens. Amen. 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 Is that making sense? Sure. Okay. Sure. I, <laughs> I just I, thought I'd say what well, I mean, I just give him all the glory because there are certain things that I can't do in my own. Only he can. I remember when my uh, my dad came to the Lord a week before he passed away, and uh, whatever work the Lord did in him was incredible because um, he actually uh, was emanating love from him. in his presence. You could feel it. Uh-huh. It was like a <laughs> yes. horror. 
And you know how yes. I, it was it was penetrating my clothes and I could feel it. I could feel it. Yes. And I didn't know what it yes. was. I said, What is going on here? What is this? Yeah. And uh he, he I'd never felt that from anyone else. And my dad only lived a, a week after he came to the Lord. So it was something that <laughs> God poured what into a blessing. him. God poured it into him. What a blessing for you both. It was, it was for me. I mean, I could, uh, when I realized what it was, do you know how you feel like if you're near a stove, you can feel a, like a wood burner, you feel the radiant heat that comes off it? Yeah. The That's, warmth. Yeah, well, you can get a burn from it, you know. That heat. Don't get too close. <laughs> right. But that's, it was radiate, it was like radiate, radiant heat coming off him. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, sure it was a blessing for him too because it took him to heaven. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That's all I'm talking about. Yeah, you, you, because you got to experience what he'd received. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, bless you. Um, I didn't hear your your talk tonight, so I'm just fascinated with what's going on now, and just wanted to be present and listen. Okay. Well, you okay. can go into the archives. All right, we oh, have Char we have Charles. Here. I will. I do. I do go back and listen to your archives when I can't make it okay. for, for you know the evening. Yeah. All right. I'm very grateful for that. Okay, Paula Jean. Thank you. Thank you for thank you. seeing you mm -hmm. in the morning, getting up early, and being with us. Yeah, I was trying to do that this morning, but it didn't work out. <laughs> All right. And so then we have... Tomorrow, uh, tomorrow is a day to do that, too, is what you're, you're saying, that tomorrow you're going to be going early as well? Early? Uh, starting at... Well, not early for you, but early for me. Yes. It's, it's 7 a.m. for me. <laughs> That's all. Okay. Well, yeah. We have Bye -bye. Charles here. Hello, Charles. Yeah, Charles. Yes, sir. Are you there? Yeah. Um, hey, Jeff, I was just wondering, how did you keep from, like, if I went to the website um, Outreach Judaism uh -huh. right now and started pouring over it, I may get in over my head, you know? How did you keep from getting in over your head with the rabbis? I was just wondering. Well, you know, um, yeah, yeah. Um, it was a very slow process uh, because they have all this knowledge and um, it, it can be constructed in such a way that it overwhelms you. So I, um, I, I would see things that I'd studied and then I would gain knowledge and then I would gain more knowledge and I would gain more knowledge. And I was a lot of prayer. I, I, I was in a lot of prayer. And the Lord would show me. He would show me. And every attack they had, every attack they had, um, I was able to thwart. But it was a long process. And I have the three books, uh, Charles, my Only Jesus of Nazareth series. You know, that comes from debating them. And then if you watched how I debated uh, Rabbi Singer, I mean, that was a slow process knowledge. Now, what, what was really, uh, I had, I, I had to, uh, what's the word? I knew nothing about Islam. I did know the Bible and I knew there were certain things that I could confront the Jews with right away. 
but I had to uh, watch Islam and learn a lot uh, from them. And one of the things I learned was to uh, get away from the Quran and get them into the Bible. And the other thing I learned is uh, these professional debaters. I don't know if they're, if they're trained in it or it just comes natural to them, but they'll put you on the defensive and question after question after question. And they're not looking for like answers. They're looking to uh, overwhelm you, to uh, defeat you, to humiliate you, you know? So what I did, what I learned was, so the Bible says, be ready to give an answer to every man for the faith that lieth within you. So I gave them three questions. I would give the rabbis three questions. I would give the uh, preterists three questions, the Muslims three questions. And I'd stop them. And I'd say, okay, now I answered your three questions. Now you're going to answer my questions. So I'd turn it on them. I learned that this is, is an art to debating. Now, the debating yep. was like, I, I, the chances of me turning Tovia Singer, you know, I mean, he's still at it 25 years later. Uh, I was looking at the audience. I was only using the person that I was debating against as a tool to reach the people in the audience. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Well, it, to me, it seems like the Islam, with uh, all its contradictions, internal contradictions um, that it has, and just nonsense. It, it to me, it's 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 sort of like a garden snake, but the rabbinic Judaism is more like a cobra. You know, it, uh, they can well now they listen. can confuse you with the Hebrew and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the Hebrew says this, the Hebrew says that, you know. Yeah. And they, they make it up. But anyways, um, uh, I'll tell you, Charles, if you were ever – now, are these debates or you ask them questions? Oh, no, I'm not in. I, I'm no, still... I mean, if that group that you're mentioning, do they have formal debates or do they – can you call in and ask them a question? Oh, you mean the, I was just, the group, uh, the website I was talking about, I, I wouldn't go to because, you know, I need to build up my Christian faith I know. first. I know, but I'm asking you how it functions. I realize that. How- it's just a informational website. Oh, okay. So there's no active totally interaction. No, sir. Okay. It's, um, they're sort of anti- missionary websites, you know, stuff like that. But anyway, I appreciate the teaching, Chaplain John, and uh, it's good to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah, Charles. And uh, if you ever want to get strong in your faith, um, I, like I say, those three books of mine, have you ordered them or have you seen them? Oh, yes, sir. That's how I found That's how I came to the ministry on here was because one day I picked up one of, uh, I've got all three of your oh, okay. King Messiah books. Okay. And that's how I learned of you. So, 
Yeah, because the one, every one of them is good, but the one about um, uh, Ezekiel, 40 through 45. Uh, that, is that, that the one behind you? Only Jesus of Nazareth, that one there? Yes, sir. No. Is that the one with, the, the Ezekiel's the middle one, right? It's the one with, uh, yes, it is. It's the one with the, uh, the temple and, like, the glowing glory. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the one that, uh, what happened was, I don't know how it happened, but it, they're out of order. <laughs> it's actually the third I'm one. Glad <laughs> it's actually the third one. And once that came together and I began to um, confront them with it, that the Holy God of Israel is sitting on the Messiah's temple, uh, sitting on the throne of David in the Messiah's temple, that was it. That was it, mm. and uh, they would have they 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 were caught out in the open. There was no way that they could wiggle out of it, and uh, that was it, Charles. That that if I don't care if if, if you were to meet Toby or Singer someplace, he's there, Goliath, and you knew you were able to give him. Zechariah 6, 11 through 13, about the Messiah building the temple and sitting on the throne, throne of David. And you took him over to Ezekiel 43, 1 through 7, particularly verse 7. It's over. It's over, Charles. There's nothing, there's no way out. No way out. He knows that. Yeah, he does know it. He knows it full well, but he he doesn't care about truth. He doesn't. He cares more about Judaism than he does about truth. Yes, sir. They care about their sages and their yeah, ancient right. rabbis. And exactly. So, exactly. Well, before Sharon uh, gets mad at me, I'll let you go so you can tell the John Holman story. Ah, oh, you're on edge. <laughs> Charles, you're on edge waiting to hear it. I want to hear it, too. Yes, sir. You want to hear it, too. Oh, John. Oh, man, I have so many laughs with it. He always threatened to get me. I'll get you. I'll get you. <laughs> That's funny. All right, Charles, any questions about the discipleship? Um, no, sir. Just great teaching. I appreciate it as always. Thank you for taking the time to put awesome. it together. All right. God bless you. All right. Take All care. Right. All right. Well, Sister Sharon, what do you think? We have people on edge to hear about my John Holman uh, story. Oh, I know it. I know it. And, wow. There's not much time left uh, for the show, and people are still here wanting to hear that story. <laughs> okay. Well, every Christmas, uh, Pastor Dove uh, from the uh, Blessing Israeli Believer Ministry uh, sends me a, a gift certificate for Texas Roadhouse. Now, this is when I was living in Pennsylvania. So, um, John... John's birthday was like January fourteenth. Uh, I think it was right thirteenth, fourteenth, somewhere around there. And uh, I hadn't used the card. I, I, I would take Nancy out to Texas Roadhouse. So I said to him, uh, John, I said I got this uh, gift card here. Would you like to go to Texas Roadhouse with me? So he said, Yeah. Now Texas Roadhouse, they have these these wooden horses there. And you sit on them, and they put a big hat on you. 
big sombrero on you. And all the uh, waitresses and waiters come and they sing happy birthday when you, uh, when it's your birthday. You follow me, Sharon? Oh, I sure am. I'm getting ready to laugh. Okay. So we walk in and I, uh, they, they feed us perfect spot. It's a straight uh, aisle and he's got his back to, I can see people coming. He's got his back to it. So I, I go up to, um, I tell him I got to go to the bathroom. So I go up front and I tell him it's his birthday. And they said to me, okay, where are you sitting? So I told them I'm sitting and, and they said, okay, all right. So we're, we're, we're finishing dinner and I can see them coming and he can't see them coming. <laughs> I don't know if I can tell you, Sharon, because I'm, I'm going to start laughing right now. It's his, oh my his, his facial and, uh, expressions, um, really add to it, which I can't mimic. So he's sitting there and they put the, uh, horse next to him and he, okay. he, he looks at it and he jumps away from it. They scared him like, and they had all these waitresses and waiters and he jumps back and he looks up and he looks at me and he goes, I'm going to get you for this. I'm going to get you for this. So I'll do and he was pointing his finger at me and he was glaring at me. And behind me was this table with, um, there must've been eight or 10 little old ladies. Seriously. They were, they were old. They were old there. Okay. And right across from him was this big, huge man, big guy. And so they, uh, so the, the waitress there is saying, come on, get on your horse, get on your horse. He goes, no, no, I'll never get on that horse. I mean, he was really into it. He was serious. It wasn't him kidding around. He was, I'll never get on that horse. I never. And the little old ladies behind me started to holler, get on that horse. With their little, their squeaky voice, get on that horse, get on that horse. So the big guy across from him <laughs> says, this is your birthday. And he says to me, what's his name? I said, his name is Johnny. He goes, Johnny, get on that horse, boy. Get on that horse. The whole oh restaurant, God. the whole restaurant. Because they could hear this guy with the big bellowing voice and people that couldn't even see in the area. They The whole restaurant was chanting, Johnny, get on the horse. Johnny, get on the horse. <laughs> Oh but my this, goodness! And he's looking at no. me. He's looking at me. I'll get you, whatever it takes. I'm going to get you for this. And I'm hysterical oh. laughing. I mean, I couldn't breathe. I was laughing so hard. You had to see his face. So he gets on the horse, and he he's looking at me like this downcast little kid looking at me. What is this? And he, so he's looking at me and, uh, I'll get you for this. That's all he kept on saying is I'll get you for this. And so the, the big guy was hollering, that a, that a boy, that's the boy, Johnny. It's your birthday. You get on that horse now. It's yeah. your birthday. <laughs> oh, I mean, for years yeah. he talked to me. I remember that somehow I'll get you. Somehow I'll get you. He said to me. So that was the best uh, money I ever spent getting him on that horse. Oh, absolutely. He, he, then he said to me, yeah. and the more he said to me, the, the harder I was laughing. He goes, this traumatized me. I'm traumatized by this. 
This is my worst oh my nightmare. I, I'm, you traumatized me. How could you do this? And I'm laughing more and more and more. I'm trying. That is so. That is so special. You know that. Uh, yeah, that you traumatize him. It's, it's a, <laughs> a wonderful story. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. He said you planned that out, didn't you? I said, yeah, John. Yeah, I planned that out. Yeah. He said you tricked me here just for my birthday. I said, well, no, it wasn't exactly a trick, but I said that you know it's part of part of paying for the um, for the meal. I said it was the entertainment. I'm gonna get you. Mm-hmm. I, I'm telling you, I'm gonna get you for this. Uh, is Charles still there? Yes, yes. No, and like I said, a- I don't know how funny it was to you, but you had to see his facial expression <laughs> at that time. It was funny. I, I can imagine could, the whole restaurant. Yeah, you know, I could just yeah. see the little old ladies. You know, oh yeah, and, uh, they were behind me. Know. It was a whole table full of them. And they were saying that, mm-hmm. that high pitch, Johnny, Johnny, get on that horse, Johnny, get on it. It's your birthday. Get on it, Johnny. <laughs> the waitresses, the waiters, Johnny, the whole, the whole restaurant was chanting. Johnny, get on that oh, horse. Johnny, get on that horse. So then he got up on the horse and they were all oh. clapping. Everybody started to clap. And they, they sung, they sung happy I birthday. And his head was down, looking down when it was to be happy birthday. I think you, I think you know what's waiting for you when you see John in heaven. <laughs> oh man! Oh. A lot of horses. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of. Well, hold on, we got brother That's Greg. We got brother Greg here. Greg. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Holman told me right. Oh, probably six months after that uh, Prince Harry or whatever his name is uh, from England, and that he is, uh, that John Holman's uh, a distant relative of him. Uh Uh-huh. Did he ever tell you that, about that? No, No, no. He did tell me once. He started to tell me about it. I said, John, I thought they were all horse thieves. And, uh, and <laughs> <laughs> he was telling me about his ancestors. John, weren't they horse thieves? Didn't you have some uncle? And he did. He told me a story about an uncle of his that yeah. got, got in trouble with the law. So, no, he never told me he was <laughs> royalty. Yeah, he, he told me that. Uh, it's like a distant relative uh, uh, through the wife of I, whatever prince it is now, you know. Uh, I guess she's like the bl- black sheep of the uh, uh, oh English or something. Well, that may be because um, she's from Newport, which was the town next to us. She's from Newport, Pennsylvania. So, yeah, And they were, old time, they were old-time Newport people. I, re- I remember hearing that about uh, her father. Her father and, and that were from uh, Newport, so he might have had contact yeah. with them. And John was his family had been in this that area for, well, I don't know how long, hundreds of years. Yeah, he he said that it was like a distant. Uh, she was a distant relative of. Uh, it was a male. Uh, I think maybe his uh, uncle or something. It's kind of oh, interesting. Maybe. 
Yeah, John. Oh, don't get me going with stories on him. <laughs> oh, I heard a lot of them. Oh my goodness! So, that I we came. <laughs> I came driving home nonstop from California. Then I was. Uh, he knew I was out. I was ministering the gospel out there, and I wanted to drive. I went. I, went, I hadn't been to Texas, and I, so I went with a friend, Boyd. B- both of them with the Lord now, Boyd and uh, John. So. Um, uh, I call him and he says to me, where are you? I said, I'm in uh, Tucson, Arizona. He said, I'll be home in a couple days, but I actually was in Columbus, Ohio. So Boyd lived right down the block from where John lived. And when I went to drop Boyd off, I could see John's car was there. So I had called him in the morning and now it's probably about however long it took to get from Columbus, Ohio to Harrisburg. So, I knocked on his door and I went in. There was no problem doing that. And Boyd came in with me. So John comes, he says, what are you doing here? I said, what do you mean, John? He said, you called me and told me you were in Tucson. I said, yeah, that was two days ago. <laughs> no, it was this morning. I said, no, John, it was two days ago. No, it was this morning. John, what happened to you? What's going on with you? What's You, you lost your mind. Stop it. Stop it. Don't do this to me. He's going, don't do this to me. No, no. It was this morning. I know you called me this morning. I said, John, it was two days ago. And he was begging me to stop. And I, um, I I was laughing. I couldn't hold the laughing in anymore. So I busted out hysterically laughing. And I said, yeah, I called you this morning. Don't you ever do that to me again. I'm having trouble with my mind. Don't you ever do that to me again. You had me. You had me. I just thought I was going crazy. Oh, that's priceless. That's priceless. Now, I haven't thought of John Holman's stories in a long time. You got, now I'll be laying in bed at night reliving them. Oh, no, man. That's a- but the thought of the whole restaurant yelling at him to get yeah. on the horse. I mean. yeah. Chanting. They were chanting. Johnny boy, get on the horse. Johnny boy, get on the horse. The little old ladies were screaming. This guy with a big bellowing voice. The, the, the waitresses and waitresses, they're all around him. I'll get you. I'll Look get you on. for this. I'll get you. You've traumatized me. I'll get you. <laughs> That's too bad you don't have that filmed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. He was too much. What a good brother in the Lord. I miss him. Oh, yeah. We know you do. We know you do. Yeah. How how long has he been gone? Um, What was it? A year and a half now? He died in July. I think it's been two years already. is it two years already? Uh, I, it's either a year or two, Charles. Okay. All right, but boy, what a what a what a group of brothers I had in the Lord, Boyd. And uh, Boyd drove all over the country with me, and uh, um, Pastor Dove, I met him. We stayed at his house, and he called Boyd my road dog. He goes, uh, Boyd, you're a road dog. I said, yeah. He runs with me all over the country. So when we drove, uh, Boyd could, he was inhuman when he drove. I mean, he could go for hours and hours. I couldn't drive beyond one in the morning. It was dangerous. I'd fall asleep, but he could. So he, and then he'd sleep. He'd drive through the, all through the night 
and then sleep in the car. We would go all over the place, you know, like almost nonstop. So um, I would call him Rochester. <laughs> that was, that was his nickname. I call him Rochester. So I couldn't help myself. I When I go to some place to preach, um, I'd introduce him to the pastor, and I said, Pastor Jones, uh, this is my friend Rochester. I couldn't help. I called him. So people actually thought his name was Rochester. <laughs> and then... And then we had a, a tradition that the car was all ready to go. And uh, when we were heading home and he'd be behind the, the wheel and I get in the car and I'd say, Rochester home. And he goes, yes, boss. Yes, boss. And then off we would go. Oh, 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 I know where that comes from. Yeah, so bad. Wow. <laughs> Jack, Jack Benny there with uh, Rochester and his the car. Oh yeah, that, that was hilarious. I used to love watching that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, but they were really. I mean, then then uh, Pastor Jeff, uh, we all were real close. I mean, really good brothers in the Lord. I'm the only one left. Wow. All right. Well, it's good to have uh, memories like that. Yeah. Amen. Good to have memories like that. All right. Well, God Amen. bless everybody. We're finished up for the night, and uh, we'll continue. Uh, I have a lot. As the Lord's been quickening things in my mind, I have a lot of discipleship things that, like, this is the core. We're really getting the core stuff, but there's other things that can tie into it. So, um We'll we'll continue with this uh, with this discipleship. But those three verses about the word, about uh, love, and about the fruit—if you get that in your mind and you focus on that—wow, what a what a focus for prayer and and growing and in, in, in as a real disciple of Jesus Christ. Because there's so many things in the Bible. And you could say, well, what about this and this and this? But the Lord said, my disciples, my disciple. And that I've searched the scriptures, and it's that's the only place you see it, those three verses. My disciple. No, he says my disciples, but not about discipleship, you know. And and well, he'll say, and the Bible will say his disciples were with him, his disciples. But my disciples, as far as character, it's the word. It's love, and it is uh, fruit. All right. So, um, Brother Charles, I got you here. Would you close us in prayer, please? Absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this night. Um, thank you for the teaching. Thank you for Chaplain John's work on it. It takes him a lot of time to put these teachings together. We really appreciate it, and um, I hope he knows that. And we look forward. It's something gives us everyone something to look forward to every day to um, to know that we have this at eight o'clock. To uh, we have a teaching and fellowship, and whether it's on Rumble or on the phone, and uh, it's just um, a positive thing for each one of us. And Lord, I pray for the peace of Jerusalem tonight with all the mess that's going on, Lord. Um, even though it seems impossible, all things are possible with you, Lord God. 
And I just pray that there is uh, peace. And Lord, please give uh, promise from Netanyahu's strength and Israel's strength to fight the battle ahead. And please help them to finish the mission. And again, thank you for Chaplain John and tonight's uh, teaching. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Um, I think I'll, I'll be ready for um, the last. I, again, I say the last, but I don't know if it is. The next, I should say the next. In Daniel chapter 7, uh, Daniel chapter 9. So tomorrow, I mean, because I have a lot of it done already. And it's just a matter of tweaking it and adding things because I'm adding more from the book of Revelation. So hopefully I'll get to that. And tomorrow will be Daniel chapter nine, uh, the uh, 70th week tying in with the book of Revelation. All right. God bless everybody. Thank you for the, the memories and the laughs with, uh, with John. He was such a good sport, John. He, he'd never, yeah. all he'd say is I'll get you. I'll get you. That's what he said. He never yeah. did. But he said, I'll get you. I'm going to get you for this. I'm going to get you for this. He said, I'm going to get you for this. Good times. Okay. All right. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful friends. Yeah. All right. God bless everybody. Lord willing, we'll Thank see you, you tomorrow. Catherine. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave life Son, His only begotten Son.